What's going on, everyone? It's another episode of Left Side Heavy, the podcast presented by Blue Wire. It's your boy, Jevin Lefave. On this episode, it's me and Hayden joined by our good friend, Ian McNaughton. And we talk about the Stanley Cup playoffs, really. Avs dethroning Tampa Bay, restricting them from going back to back to back. And we kind of break down every single game, really. Some storylines from it. And it was a very good episode. Uh, legendary McNaughton. Uh, Kadri quote Makar just having the such like his resume right now is unbelievable. And then we talk about the Hockey Hall of Fame class, um, the Sedin twins and Bobby Lou. Big day, big day for Canucks fans, Danny Alfredson, and many, many others. So it was a very fun episode. If you're listening to this, but you want to watch it instead, head to YouTube, uh, left side heavy, subscribe, like, comment, ring that bell. It really helps grow the show. What also helps grow the show is leaving a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, it would just really help grow the show, and I'd very much appreciate it. But nonetheless, um, with my appreciation to you guys, really enjoy this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Here is myself, Hayden, and Ian on episode 107. Let's go. We got episode 107 of Left Side Heavy, the podcast presented by Blue Wire. It's your boys, Jevin and Hayden. And we got our uh, good friend of the show, uh, Mr. Kyle Dubas. How's it going, buddy? How's the offseason looking for you uh, now that the Avalanche have dethroned the Tampa Bay Lightning? Uh, I think I saw an article today where it's just like, the Toronto Maple Leafs can like replicate the Colorado Avalanche's success, the path to success. It's like, sure, couldn't we all replicate the path to success? <laughs> yeah. It would, it would, it would. I mean, it's a bit harder for the Maple Leafs because you know they would have to get out of the first round. Yeah. But like, besides that, like, yeah, it's replicable. Surely, they would have to have success in the playoffs. They, they would not only have to win the first round, they would also have to win the second round. And the third. And then the third, and then the finals. It's like, <laughs> yeah. that's, 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 you know, quadruple the amount of rounds that the Maple Leafs are used to winning. That's four times. That's, yeah. that's a lot. Before you can even talk about replicating the Stanley Cup champions, you have to figure out how to get out of the first round. Like, that's like, that's as a... Equivalent to saying the Buffalo Sabres have the same chance to replicate Colorado. It's like you got to. The, the, the Canucks can replicate the success. Sure. We yeah. could all replicate the yeah, success. Exactly. Like, like, you're not wrong. It's maybe not right, but it's also not wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, how you been, man? You uh, you played played nine holes today? Yeah, played nine holes uh, uh, off goal. Um, nobody could putt. <laughs> there's there three of us. Uh, we had a threesome. Nobody could putt for shit. You had a threesome on the golf course. That's fire. Whoa, I whoa, know. Whoa. <laughs> I know. Horny. No. 
Um, <laughs> literally, literally, like, um, nobody could putt. I think I was, like, averaging six, seven shots a hole. I got a bogey. That was that was a highlight. I got a bogey Fire, on a par three. Son. On a par three. Attaboy. <laughs> so, that was, uh, <laughs> That's that a, par, was a, a par four. That was, that, that was the highlight of my uh that was the highlight of my nine holes today in Squamish Valley. Look at the rights, man. So, shot of the day. What was your oh, shot of the day? You know what? My shot of the day. I, I don't think I don't have either of you guys played Squamish Valley. No. So the third hole, it's kind of like a bit of a you know dog leg left. Like you you're shooting like shooting through some trees to the left a bit and i basically like i played my left to right fade i thought as I you cleared, would as i yeah. would and i thought i cleared the trees and do you know for the life of me i could not find my ball i had a really nice shot i played it well cleared trees i'll be honest i didn't look at it at the end where it landed because i was like this is a nice shot i'm gonna find it when i walk over <laughs> to it and i could not find where my ball went for the life of me now How, I get it. I wear glasses. I don't have the best vision. Fair enough. But like, surely, it was in the middle of the fairway. I should be able to find where the ball went, and uh, I couldn't. How's the conditions? Is there a chance it got plugged? I don't think so. I think the conditions are fine. Um, and I'm saying this while golfing with a friend of my pod, uh, Scott, who he literally Jimmy does Fallon. maintenance. Jimmy Fallon. He literally does maintenance at the golf course. So like if I like if I say something like, oh, this pin pin placement sucks, it's like, yeah, dude, I put that there like at 4 30 this morning. Like that was literally <laughs> my that was my front left pin. It's like, yeah, well, it sucks. And so it's just like I can't well, really talk too much about the course. Well, how did Scott play? Because there's no excuses on his he, part. He also played uh poorly, but yeah, was not was not great for him. But, um, you know, I've been kind of riding a bit of a heater to start my golf season. Like, I think this is my sixth or seventh time out this year. And I was riding a bit of a heater, like playing better than I usually would. So I think it's kind of law of averages. I'm kind of equaling to what I would usually play. <laughs> well, didn't you get like two birdies that one round? Two birdies in two rounds, which is like peak Ian golf, peak Ian golf and all the years yeah. in golfing. Um, so now I'm like, I, I, I got a bogey today, which is like the best hole fourth hole third hole whatever i got a bogey so like yeah i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure i uh from over here in poco i heard you drop something on uh the ninth hole and that was your crown king know your (laughs) worth (laughs) i had no idea where you're gonna go with that I, th- I thought you were honestly going to make like a, a, an earthquake or like a fat joke. Oh, no. Because I'm a little overweight, but I was just like, that. that's a little rude if like coming from Poco. It's just it's like, no. geez, okay. <laughs> well, me and but Ian I appreciate were, that. Me and Ian were in a uh, you're a king battle within the text messages when I asked him to come on. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> just no, bro- you. I, I should I should have thrown out the uh, uno reverse card that's yeah. like the ultimate See, that's card. the ultimate one yeah yeah, yeah yeah just bros being dudes bros that's being it guys that's it hayden why are you sick man what's Dude, wrong i don't you? know man how the fuck did you <laughs> not get sick i swear we were together like the whole weekend oh, i'm thriving 
I have no idea. My mom chalks it up to being like, oh, like you party way too much. My like, mom, I party like once or twice, like every other weekend. Lately, it's, it's been it's, it's been phone. almost it's every phones. weekend. It's those damn phones. I'm it's always those on damn it. phones. Yeah, my weekly average like of time on phone is like, I think it's like an hour and 45 minutes now. Just because uh, work's just keeping me busy. But like, for real though, I have no idea how I got this sickness because like I said, Jeff, every, every like event that we went to, we are that <laughs> I went to, you were at. Yeah. So I have yeah. no idea. Do you think you just got it from like, do you ride with someone in, uh, when you work? Like, cause you have, no, to dri- cause you have to drive to sites. Do you drive alone? No, 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 no. I, uh, I drive together. No one at my work is sick mm. and it's only, it's only like, three people other than me in the shop so and i always meet there my one theory is saturday night when we were sitting all around the campfire at kiana's yeah i sauced my four loco out to everyone Mm. and luke was the last person to drink it and luke being an emt works with sick people no one else shared a drink that he had that's my theory that's my, uh, that might be my favorite story that I've heard in a while. It's like when I was sitting at the campfire and I was sharing my four loco with everybody. Pass the like, four loco, bro. Hell yeah. Ladies that, and gentlemen, that's... we got him. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? I have another four loco for this weekend. Who's ready to get fucking lit? <laughs> I mean, not me and you ain't coming if you still got this going on, buddy. Oh man, I gotta just fucking pop a bunch of pills and just be ready for Saturday. <laughs> I can't wait to share a, a four loco with a sick Hayden. That, that sounds oh, yeah. sick. Oh, it's pretty fucking disgusting. Actually. It's literally sick. sick. It it's yeah. literally <laughs> sick. That's yeah. <laughs> I am literally sick. Yeah. I am just, uh, yeah, I know. Exactly. Did you, did you take all the COVID tests and stuff? Or are you just staying in for, are you staying home from work or are you just kind of, no, I'm, I can't afford, up? I can't afford to stay home from work. Yeah. So, I can barely afford to pay attention, so I have to go in there with a mask and just yeah, service it through. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I'm struggling too. I can barely afford a breath of fresh air at this point. So yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> Ian, what's your reference for barely being able to pay for something? <laughs> you can how barely, broke are you? <laughs> you can barely afford a bogey playing around a golf. That's- I I. I- I, no, that's you couldn't pro- pay that, for a bogey. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I can barely afford to live at this point. Like you know, <laughs> literally with the cost of living. But that might be a bit too technical and a bit too serious for what you guys yeah. are for, for the exercise here. Yeah, that might be a little too deep. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, well, I've I've kind of had something for like the last couple of weeks, like a bit of like a, a throat thing, like sore throat, like scratchy throat, yeah. but like. I was just in Victoria this weekend. Uh, I went to the Pride Parade in Victoria, and I'm feeling pretty good. So I think, Hayden, the cure for you is to go to Victoria and then just go to the Pride Parade, go to Peacock's, play some pool with the boys. Does and- going to Columbia Street in New West, is that, like, good enough? Because that whole street is just so prideful. So I think... I actually I think I like New West more than most people do. Um, so I'm willing I'll, I'll give you that, but 
you know, I know there's some people who maybe aren't um, as impressed with downtown New West. Oh, that's fair. That's all the uh, Republicans uh, and the right wings people. But, you know, live and let live, honestly. Live and let live. 54 and 54. All right, Bush. Um, <laughs> Come on, Noah. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So, yeah, we're just going to remove Hayden from this call. <laughs> I'll see myself out, boys. Yeah, I'll see myself. <laughs> just going to mute, mute Hayden for 30 minutes. You get a timeout. Yeah. You get a podcast timeout. Yeah, yeah I can't wait to, like, try and respond to something and just nothing. Yeah. <laughs> no. Crickets. You're sussied. You're sussied. But, uh... Something big happened over the weekend on Sunday night. Colorado dethroned the Tampa Bay Lightning, preventing them from a back-to-back-to-back. They won the cup in game six, winning 2-1. Arteri Lekkanen scoring the game-winning goal. Ian, what were your thoughts on the entire series? I thought it was a really fun series. I thought it was the best series in terms of like quality of hockey since probably I'm going to say like the Boston Chicago series, mm-hmm. but you could probably go even further than that. Um, it was really fun. There were two really good teams, two of the best teams, arguably. And, you know, I think Colorado was the most deserving team to win, but Tampa Bay, I think ran out of energy by the, like you could see in a third period with two shots on net, they were just gassed. They were done. Yeah. Um, which was unfortunate. But in terms of the actual series, in terms of the actual final, that was some of the best hockey and some of the most exciting hockey I've seen in a, in a Stanley Cup final in a long time. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Like, I think, like you said, Tampa Bay just kind of, they were so hurt. Like, they were so injured. Um, Julian Breezeball came out with a report of all the injuries. Did you see this? I did see that. Yeah. Hayden, I don't even think they got. I don't think they got all the injuries either. Yeah, Hayden, did you see this? I didn't see the injury report, but I mean, I could see like, yeah. just everyone on the fucking bench, just head down, leaning over. Yeah, so I got it right here. This is just like what was reported. There's probably more, but Belmar had a meniscus injury at the start of the playoffs. Anthony Sorelli had a shoulder slash AC joint sprain versus New York and dislocated his other shoulder versus Colorado. Kucherov had an MCL sprain versus Colorado. Nick Paul had an AC joint sprain versus New York and an MCL sprain versus Colorado. Corey Perry had an AC joint sprain versus New York. Point had a significant quad tear versus Toronto. McDonough mangled finger from block versus New York. And that's just what we know of. Isn't mangled finger like the best hockey injury report that you've (laughs) ever heard? Like that's so hockey of like, you could do it from football too, but it's like, yeah, Yeah. dude mangled his finger and it wasn't the same. It's just like, that sounds like a hockey injury. You know know those like really fucked up fingers you see in like Grey's Anatomy episodes? Like that's what I think of when it's like pointing in like five different directions and I'm like, okay. the the one thing that i can think of just recently and i'm sorry to bring this to like a a saints thing but like marcus davenport defensive lineman had his 
pinky, the tip of his pinky removed because of botched surgeries like three times. And they just said, fuck it. Like, do you want it removed? He's like, okay. That's insane. (laughs) So he just like, yeah, mangled finger is like the smallest, but like one of the most significant injuries. And I can't believe that like any of them played, obviously no Braden point, but like how the fuck do you play through like anything of that sort of uh yeah degree can davenport pinky swear um <laughs> it can, but it's it's untruthful because uh it's i think i think it's his left one so it's his right one and the left hand is more true oh, okay because like what if someone goes for it and just misses it because it's like they're... one of those guys like going for like a fist bump on a kid that has like no arms. Like, well, this is awkward. <laughs> yeah. What do we do from here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like high five, champ. Oh fuck. <laughs> I'll see myself out. <laughs> yeah, gosh, that's so funny. But yeah, no, going back to the injury report, it's insane that those guys were even surviving at that point. Like Braden Point came back for a game, but he was immediately removed from was it game three he played and then didn't play uh, game four after that against Colorado? I think he missed games one and two and then played in uh, game three. That sounds then, right. Yeah, and then missed. But, like, with a quad tear, you kind of understand that why he missed so much time between Toronto and Colorado and then only came back for a game. But it's just... John Cooper said it like said this, like if this was a regular season, half the team would be from the farm. So that just kind of shows you how tough the sport is, especially this time of year. The fact that they even got to six games against that Colorado team is an achievement in itself. Like you don't get like pity cups for like taking it to six games while being half injured, unless you're the Indianapolis Colts and you just give a banner for every anything. Yeah. But like <laughs> I just think that, that that is remarkable in itself, the fact that that team did that with with all the injuries and um barriers that they had to overcome to yeah. get to that point. It, it yeah. it's remarkable. Yeah. And, like, I don't want this to take anything away from Colorado because they had injuries themselves. Like, Gerard broke his goddamn sternum against St. Louis, so he was out for the playoffs. Burakovsky had a broken hand and broken foot. Kadri had broke his thumb in two places and was playing 18 days after he got the injury, let alone having surgery and recovering from it. Nachushkin, I'm pretty sure, sprained every single muscle or bone or whatever you want to call it on the top of his foot. So, like, it wasn't just Tampa that was going through the struggles. Like, Jesse Kemper was basically playing with one eye because he got stabbed in the eye against Nashville. So, like, these two teams were letting everything out on the ice. Hayden, like, (laughs) as someone who's kind of just getting into hockey, do you kind of look at this as, like, the one of the more tougher sports that like you can even imagine playing definitely especially the longevity of each season too yeah like i i try to put myself in that position i just think like how are these people fucking dogging it like it's one of the biggest games of their lives but then it's like 
they get paid for playing in the season. They don't get paid for playoffs. Like, yeah. unless they win something, it's yeah, like bonuses pointless. and stuff. But yeah, yeah. and they're, they're not anything compared to what your contract is. Like, how can like, I don't know if it's the same in the NHL, but like in the NFL, when you win the Super Bowl, doesn't matter if you're making $20 million a year, you still get paid the same as someone who fucking on a rookie contract. Like, yeah. And you get yeah. and plays like half the fucking time. So especially hockey being that every series goes to game seven, which I think this is the only thing I kind of agree with baseball, but like they should shorten the playoffs to like try and maintain its product because you put anyone through like 20 games, 20 games is all it took Colorado to get to it. But it's like, you have to play 20 games to win. Yeah. Like your championship. In the NFL, quarter, they played one and a quarter seasons. Yeah. 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 Like it's, it's insane. So, and, and to think like, yeah, the NFL, it's tough. You know, but it's only four games. Yeah. So uh, I think the NHL should definitely shorten their product to keep the longevity uh, of its players and protect them because, yeah, you're just going to see a bunch of people risking their lives for an organization that probably isn't paying them what they deserve to be paid. Yeah. Ian, what are your thoughts on that? I've, I've actually been a, like, I don't know about proponent, but I have always liked the idea of just doing like a home and away with every team, like have like 60 regular season games. I don't think we need 80 games. It, it, and especially like when you get to like, you know, the start of the season's cool. Christmas time, it's cool. But then when you get to like January and February, like when the all-star game comes around, it's like, oh, this is a slog. And nobody, nobody's watching New Jersey and Florida on a Wednesday night. Yeah. Like in, in the middle of February. So like I'm not opposed to it. Um I I don't know that it'll ever happen. I don't I, think they yeah, will just with revenue and stuff. Yeah, there's too much money for them to do that. But if they found a way to like cut the regular season, but made it made them do more like playoff games, if that makes sense, where it's like more high stakes games, because the regular season for the NHL is kind of worthless. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, I totally agree. I totally agree. Ian. Like it, 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 it's not as meaningful as compared to football. Nope. Um. So that's where I'm like, yeah, if you want to cut some of the regular season, I'm not opposed to that. That's yeah. one of my biggest issues with the NHL and the NBA and baseball. Like, never mind the fact about playing 80 games. <laughs> in the NHL playing 160 games a season in baseball two games a day like that's that's just that's just insane baseball's and insane it is because how can you lose like five games in a row right and not have it kind of mean like anything you know right you know what I mean like you could go on a cold streak but then you could go on a hot streak and it'd be like nothing happened where it's like yeah, you can have, you, you can have like a really awful week and then you have a really good week and then it's like ah well still got yeah. a lot of ball to play yeah exactly like there's there, there's no the only meaningful games are against your division opponents your conference opponents whatever it is and the final like 10 15 games 
or three. Yeah, the, I would say, I would anything, say almost the final twenty games of the would, season. Yeah, I would say like in the NHL or like NBA, like you said, division rivals, and then maybe anything after the All Star break is usually when you kind of know what direction you want to head, whether or not you're going to miss the playoffs or try to contend yeah. for a spot. So I think that's when the good – that's like when the good hockey starts, whether mm-hmm. regardless of what your team – who your team's playing. But I've heard Ryan Burke say many times to um, like cut it down to like 76 or like 72 games and then get rid of the back-to-backs. Um, yeah. So like because he just thinks that it could be a lot on the players. But do you think – shortening the season would like any would you would you may as well just like put a seal on the record book because i feel like all the even like any sort of chance that someone breaking a record is like almost impossible if you cut the season short 10 games like do you think they kind of play that into effect oh, like maybe not shortening definitely. the season definitely people will be i think more or less fans will be upset about that Mm-hmm. You know, like you hear so many players talk about, like, I don't care what record it is. Like, yeah, it's cool that I broke it. You know, like, uh, look at the look at the one that happened last year. Brady broke the record for what was it? Most passing yards at New England. They didn't stop the fucking game. They didn't do anything. He doesn't care about the records. Yeah. You know, like he just cares about like that's someone who obviously has a really sports uh like a, a big sport uh, mentality, but yeah, I don't think a lot of people will, or a lot of players will necessarily care about records in my yeah. opinion. That's fair. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't th- I was going to say, I don't think the records really matter all that much. So long as the players are making enough, you're going to still spend time with their families. Um, you know, the record might be, might the record books might mean something to like one percent of players, but mm. for the rest of the 99 percent of the other players, it's like as long as they're you know get a decent paycheck, decent, decent lifestyle, that matters more. Because yeah, most players aren't really playing for a record, they're just trying to play to their best ability. And if it happens, it happens, yeah. So I can kind of understand that, but also like some people, if they even have a chance, they're like, oh, but it's kind of like the um tj watt sack record people are like well sacks per game it's more impressive but he wouldn't have broken the sack record or tied the sack record if that wasn't that one extra game you know like things kind of come into play and things are a little fabricated like oh mcdavid obviously no one's gonna break the single season point record because that was like gretzky with like over 200 but kind of like the goal record maybe in the season for example like oh Ovi or Matthews hit 68. He was, or what, like, so. Well, even just thinking about. Like, 10 gonna, more games in the season, he would have done it or something like that. I don't know. Well, I was going to say, think of like Ovi going for the like all time goal record right exactly. now. Exactly. And, and like, he's already, you know, missed so many games because of lockout, lockouts. Two, two lock, yeah, two lockouts and two COVID shortened seasons. Yeah. And he's still within reach. Yeah. So no, that's... he probably he probably he probably wouldn't like the idea of shortening the season. No. Yeah. 
Probably not. I think he's maybe the 1% who does care about records because he's yeah. definitely chasing that Gretzky record because that's like a big one too, right? So Huge. Yeah, but... Let's uh let's kind of break down some some of the games because um I want to talk about there's some big things that happened in games four and six. Uh, game four, Hayden, we kind of stopped. Rec- our last episode came out um before game four, and we kind of came out with a prediction. You said obviously Tampa was <laughs> winning out because you were rolling with your prediction. Yeah. Oh, by the way, yeah, I won the bet. I yeah. uh, I, won a, I won a six pack would have been eight if Colorado won it in seven, but it's only a six pack, so I'll expect that on Friday or uh, Saturday. Fr- or Saturday. Calm down. Calm down. You surprised me. <laughs> but um yeah, so Kadri, this was the big storyline going into the game. Kadri walks into the building with a little soft splint on his hand after breaking his thumb 18 days prior, comes into the game post surgery. And scores the OT winner. Now, the big controversy with that. Was it too many men? Because McKinnon did change quite early. He or Kadri jumped on quite early with McKinnon kind of taking his time to the bench. Kadri comes onto the ice, gets the pass, breaks through three defenders, and s- scores a beautiful goal that replicates Patrick Kane's, who, like, no one knew that it fucking went in besides, like, two Colorado fans in the stand. <laughs> but uh, what were your guys' thoughts on the whole dilemma surrounding that Nathan McKinnon line change and the too many men, what could have been? I'll go to Ian first. Uh, I was gonna say, as a uh, as a supporter of, for women in sports, there's always too many men. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, what the fuck? What the fuck? I'm dying over here. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, listen. Like I just like. Who get like oh, man. Th- th- that stuff happens all it. the time, and the fact that it's a Stanley Cup final game now we're know. gonna be really upset about it. Now everybody's angry, and it's like I'm pretty sure Tampa Bay had like seven guys. Wasn't like somebody show like Tampa had seven yeah. guys on? Like cool, great. You both, you both failed. You guys yeah. both sucked at that. All right, so like, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I, I. I thought it was more interesting the fact that Nazem Kadri scored it more than any offside, more than any like hmm, missed call I or agree. whatever. I, I, I think it was. I think that was the the bigger story. The fact that Kadri, not only injured but like all the shit that he's gone through his entire this entire postseason, is the the hero, is yeah. the guy who who wins it for Colorado. I thought that was a bigger storyline and. You know, if people want to say that it's offside, if people want to say that there's too many men, if people want whatever, like whatever the rule, like there's there's always somebody complaining about something. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, sure. Whatever. I think it's a goal. Everybody else seems to think it's a goal. The people who the the refs, the people that matter the most thought it was a goal. So it's a goal. We'll call it a goal. Hayden. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Like, I find it so funny how, you know, people do that and say, oh, it it was too many men. But then you go back to a point in time where they had seven 
maybe even almost eight people on yeah. like the ice at the same time, you know, like it, it's stupid as well, because I always say, or I've always thought in hockey where if somebody gets on the ice, but they're not in the fucking play, like if the puck's in the neutral zone and they get on the ice with, with like six or more guys penalty, but like <laughs> there were, they weren't even affecting the play. Like, why does it matter? Why, why should it matter at that point? And uh, I think to really settle a debate, it's going to take the higher ups of the NHL to say, look, this now, forever and always, if you ever have six people on the ice, we will stop play. It will be a penalty or vice versa. It's like if this sixth person, seventh person isn't affecting the play, then by all means, play on, you know, because then people can't get upset people can't take away from the amazing story that Kadri had you yeah. know like coming back injured scoring the game-winning goal being the hero and like Ian said after dealing with all this shit in the playoffs it's it's truly inspiring it, it really is and it sucks that it's being almost overlooked because of something so petty and so stupid no I, I totally agree with you 100% the story shouldn't be taken away from Kadri's coming back 18 that. 18 days after breaking his thumb in two places, having surgery, rehabbing, barely, barely being able to shoot a puck, and then he scores to put his team up 3-1 against the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Like, a, a subjective penalty call shouldn't be overlooking that, right? No. And, John, and um, my opinion being I am with you guys because the it wasn't necessarily the – because you saw the pictures of the seven guys for Tampa and in the same photo, it's the six guys for Colorado. And it's like Nathan McKinnon at the bench and the two guys of Tampa at the bench. The penalty, the thing that people were complaining about was how far away from the bench McKinnon was. But if you think about it, Tampa had the longer change and if the two guys are just at the bench but their entire team's in the defensive zone how early did those guys get on the ice without those guys getting off the ice like Mm -hmm. they must have hopped in just as early as Kadri did so if anything they shouldn't be fucking complaining at all because like they had guys on just as early if not earlier than Kadri right so they're both like necessarily in the wrong it's just that Kadri scored the OT winner like shortly after, but Kadri is going in on a one on three beat McDonough cleanly to someone and McDonough being the guy who said the too many men quote unquote doesn't matter. He said like it shouldn't have been called anyway. So McDonough's on Colorado side. If anything, he that was a quote from himself and like those line changes happen. What? 30 times a game. Oh yeah. So now it's, now that it was it's resulted in a goal now it matters now it's a difference right so you can go back and get someone to check on the game and blow the horn like a goal that was missed and be like blow the horn like hey that was too many men you can it will defeat the flow of the game if you just keep calling it all this every single time it's just that one resulted in a goal was it Uh maybe a fraction too early maybe but not enough to really make a difference because like you said, Hayden McKinnon wasn't even paying attention to anything in the play. 
Like he wasn't yeah. doing anything. He, so he wasn't involved. No. So you know, I don't know. Obviously, it's say- a lot of gray area, and there's going to be a lot of different opinions. But I just think it was something that is fine being a goal. Well, you know what just remind you know what just reminds me of because um, there is a rule of like what is it three feet or whatever a guy can I think be five like, or something like like for yeah. a guy to be that close to the bench or whatever and Hayden you can probably help me out with this too but I'm pretty sure in football you know an offensive lineman when they're doing like RPOs an offensive lineman can be like a yard or two upfield maybe three yard whatever the rule is right three yards upfield blocking. But then it gets to like where the guy is like four or five yards. But then it's like, well, what's two or three yards? Mm-hmm. Like it's it kind of just gets to like a subjective thing. And yeah. you know, you're not going to call it every time because if you do call it every time, like you say, Jim, it just slows everything down. And like three yards or three feet or five feet, whatever, is different on one play compared to the other. Like I know this sounds kind of stupid, but like. Yeah, this is what happens when you have human elements involved, right? Like this is what happens when you have real humans calling these things, and it happens. Shit happens. Football, there's a penalty on every single play. Every single play, a penalty is happening, and if you call it every single time, you're not going to be able to. No team is going to be able to gain any sort of momentum. And, And it's well, it's like and with football, they only call like, you know lineman up the field if it's like 10 yards if it's like really egregious and like in in hockey it's the same thing like if you if it's obvious that two guys came on when one guy went off they're gonna call it it just wasn't egregious it wasn't that obvious in that situation for them to call it not that they were calling anything at that point of the game anyways but still it wasn't that egregious that they felt the need to call anything so yeah yeah no that's that's also the thing too it's like unless it's so blatantly obvious and it's such a huge part of the play, then you have to call it, you know, because yeah. it's like, it could totally affect uh, one outcome. But then it's like, if you start allowing that, then you're going to get, let's say in football, an offensive tackle on the left side going up 10 yards on the opposite side of the play. But it's like, oh, well, he, he wasn't affecting the play. So it's not a penalty. Well, then it's like, well, where's the fucking integrity where where, where's the integrity of the sport like it's something he's not allowed to do and i hate it because you have to call penalties but it's like if you have to call penalties there are so many holdings on in football like someone is being held along those nine ten defensive players in the fucking mix at a time every play one yeah. of those 10 people are being held and kind of like the same thing with hockey. Like how many times do you see someone like slash a stick, you know, but no call. Mm-hmm. How many times do you see someone hold someone up and stop them from going, but they don't get called on holding. Or how many times do you see someone get interfered with when the pucks on this side, on the left side, and then he gets hit on the right. Like it's so stupid. Yeah. Because people will find an argument for anything. And truthfully, everyone should just learn to accept the fact that if there is some penalties that aren't going to be called, it's only going to be the ones that truly affect a play. Oh, the famous comment in every single NHL post is team versus refs. Whatever Um, team it is. It's the first comment. It's like 90% of the comment section is whatever team versus refs. 
because people break any result down to refing. And yes, it can give teams advantages, but what if the teams deserve those penalties? Then like even regardless if they deserve them, a team like salty fans are going to comment blank versus refs. So, and we and we don't t- and we don't talk about like in football too. If a team gets nine penalties, like if the Jets get nine penalties against the Bills and whatever game, get talked about. We, we we don't say like oh those refs hate the Jets. It's like be smarter. Don't yeah. take nine. Be more, be more disciplined. Yeah. Yeah. Be more disciplined. We don't say that in hockey. We just say like oh the refs hate our team, and it's like no, just don't take dumb penalties. Yeah. Don't be an yeah. idiot. Yeah. And unless there's like factual evidence that clearly shows, you know where it's almost like the refs have it out for your team. You got to show me exactly where, you know, your penalties against a certain team to where a penalties against a certain other team are held. And you got to do all that evidence because until you do all that evidence, you're just complaining to people who do not give a shit about what you have to say, unless it's a fan of that same team you're going for. Yeah. And there's people... only a few calls. Sorry, Jeff. There's only a few no. calls in any sort of sports history that I will ever say either the refs missed that call or the refs gave the wrong call. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like and if it's, you're the Seahawks in the Super Bowl against the Steelers, like, you know, there, other than that, there aren't any other times <laughs> in history. No, none. The refs are getting, none. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, okay. uh, that's awesome. But no, to go to the better part of that sequence of events, Nazem Kadri scores an overtime winner. And I think the, genuine reaction amongst the entire hockey community about that goal alone is like everyone was so happy for him because of like you like you said ian all the shit that he went through and we'll get to his famous quote in uh as we kind of wrap up our talk about game six but game four colorado takes it they're on the verge they got tampa on the ropes um going back to denver but tampa Tampa stays alive in uh, game five. Sorry. But what did you think about game five? And uh, I was kind of pre-gaming for Tap House. So I didn't necessarily catch much of this game. But Tampa looked like a team that was ready to be eliminated. What did you think about it, Ian? I'll be honest. I didn't watch a second of it because I was out at a lacrosse game on Friday night. I only caught oh, the damn. highlights of it. Boys are um, hot right but now. I, <laughs> um. But I mean, <laughs> um, you know, watching highlights of it, boy, did Darcy Kemper look like a, uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> that was it, not one of his better games. He, this, in, this entire playoffs, and like he did have some good moments, some good games, some good strings of events, but he did not play like a goalie looking for the best contract possible this off season. Like he actually is, you know, it's, I think it's, it, 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 I was going to say, it's not a great argument and I'm, I'm sure somebody can assign Darcy Kemper. He's a starting goalie. It's not a great argument when the best case for you is I was a goalie on a Stanley cup team. You don't have any stats. You don't have any like, you know, statistical evidence as to why you should be getting this. It's just like, yeah, I was the goalie on a Stanley Cup winning I was the starting goalie on a Stanley Cup winning team. That's maybe not the best argument for why yeah. somebody should pay you big dollars. And the thing is with Kemper, it's so weird because he was he let in so many soft goals, but like when he was on Arizona, it was hard to score on him. Yeah. So it's just weird seeing him now like on 
one of the best cup winning teams in NHL history. And he was like, he was their weakest link by a mile. Like you couldn't really trust him. Any sort of shot going in on him, kind of people tensed up a bit because they were scared to go down one nothing. Like we'll go, since none of us barely watched any bit of game five, we'll go to game six. Like that first goal that uh, Stamco scored a couple minutes in, like he was flopping around like a fish out of water. And like Stamkos just put it five hole. Like, dude, like you can't let Tampa gain any sort of momentum while they're on elimination because they're going to find a way, especially at home, at home. You got to be more dialed in. And obviously he was for the remainder of the game because he stopped like the next 25 shots. But like Tampa first... also Tampa also took two shots in the third period. Yeah, I think I think it was like four, but like that doesn't even matter. Yeah. Like if you're getting less than five shots in a period, <laughs> like figure it out. But Kemper needs to save that first one because he kind of put like letting that one in is just like, what if you're fucking McKinnon? He's like, yo, <laughs> dude, Darcy. Let's go, bud. <laughs> I gave up carbs for this shit, man. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not out here trying to watch you give up five whole goals. All right. <laughs> Figure it out. Yeah. So, no, but game six, um, the dog shows up, he puts the carbs away, and finally puts in a good game in the Stanley Cup finals, gets a goal and an apple. A good goal, too. Not one off the, not one off the skate. Yeah. Vasty save <laughs> off the skate and then. What were your just overall like expectations of Game Six, and like how were you feeling watching Game Six? As someone who was cheering for Tampa, that third period, I was on my way to go and pick up Shaden from work, and I cannot tell you how many times I fucking hit my steering wheel because I'm hearing those goddamn announcers saying like, "Oh, it's a two on one." Oh. Oh, Kucherov missed the net! Oh! <laughs> and they're, like, totally Tampa Bay biased, like, announcers. Yeah. And the one uh, color commentator, he's like, oh, oh, I can't believe that. Oh! And he's just like... He, he's like, he, like, sounds like it sounds like he's got money on the game himself. Like, oh, he's got oh, money on Tampa. He oh, he Yeah, he definitely He's def- probably def- like, did. I am not betting on this team to lose until <laughs> they do. But, like, yeah, it was terrible just hearing all the missed opportunities. And then the last minute and a half, it, I'm pretty sure just from what I was hearing, it's like Tampa Bay couldn't even get out of their damn zone. Yeah. They couldn't even get into Colorado's like territory. Yeah. <laughs> so it was super frustrating the third period. Not because I wasn't watching it, but hearing it just made me so much more frustrated like how are you not because you can't necessarily see what's going on that's the thing about radio right exactly it's like ah because watching it can maybe be like okay whatever that was a good save or like like they did good that was just colorado did better that kind of thing but like on radio you're just expecting like anything but yeah anything but like (laughs) high disappointment <laughs> high energy calls like going your team's way but seeing nothing in between you're just anticipating your team's playing like shit 
You're waiting uh, for him just, to go. Yeah. Oh, he gets in. He gets in. He shoots. He scores. But like, yeah. he gets in. He get and he misses the fucking net because he's a loser. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it it was super super upsetting. Obviously, for me who had picked Tampa, but then you just got to chalk it up to being Colorado played locked down. Yeah. In the third, that's like. That was like Golden State in the third quarter playing against Boston. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like necessarily you're scoring so much, but you're locking them down to under 15. You're locking them down to like a shot every five minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Which is crazy. One shot every five minutes. Yeah, it's crazy town for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Ian, what were your thoughts about game six? I was I was rooting for Tampa Bay and it kind of felt like going into the third period, like it was desperation time. Like it's now or never for Tampa Bay. And it kind of felt like, like watching that, it kind of felt like it, you kind of got that vibe throughout the period. And you really felt that vibe with like three and a half, four minutes to go where it's like, fuck, we haven't done anything this period. We got to do something now. And it just never came to fruition. Like they just never had any good opportunities, nothing of, serious consequence on Colorado yeah. and as a result they lost they just they, and and like we talked about at the, at the top like they kind of looked exhausted they kind of looked like they were out they of were, gas like they didn't look like they had anything yeah but, they were gassed hurt like everything under the sun besides healthy right and I think an underrated piece that was like the most hurt out of everyone besides Braden Point tearing up his quad because that's pretty significant Anthony Sorelli, like he's one of their best two-way forward. He's probably their best two-way forward on the team who can provide energy on both ends of the ice. He's playing with a sprained AC joint and a dislocated shoulder. And like, yeah, what else can you do to the guy who's supposed to stop Nathan McKinnon? Like, it's so tough. And so, like, when we're saying, like, Tampa Bay wasn't getting any chances, it's like they could only do as so good as, like, being healthy, right? And Tampa, yes, they had chances. But for every chance they were getting, Colorado was locking them down and also getting two chances on their own. Like, they were just – it was just pure domination in the third period. Like, they were just – for every chance Tampa was getting, Colorado was getting two. Yeah, imagine trying to go up against Kale McCarr and Bowen Byram in the final period. And just trying to score. Just trying to get a shot on that. And then it's like, also, your AC joint is sprained and you have a dislocated shoulder. Have fun. Good luck. And every single person's knee is fucked up. Your knee, (laughs) your leg, whatever. Like, like, have fun. uh, Enjoy this. And, you know, Make sure you, you not only get a shot, but you also have to get a goal. Like, yeah, no, yeah. it's it just like, it, it's that, you know, classic thing of like me complaining about athletes while I'm sitting on my couch at home yeah. watching the game. Like, yeah, yeah, I want, it's just like those guys have more heart and more energy and more like just will and love for the game than I would ever, you know, with those kind of yeah. injuries and issues. But hey, when the Great Wall, <laughs> Is your only healthy player being Tampa Bay and Vasilevsky 
you always have a chance because that guy, I was really thinking, I'm like, could this guy win the con Smythe? Like, even if they lose, because he, the, Tampa was so hurt and they went to six games losing 2 1. Like, Vasilevsky is the, it's obviously the cold, it's the most, it's the coldest take ever that Vasilevsky is the best goalie in the world and will be for the next like, five years at least but when that guy is playing on top of his game any team has ottawa could be playing in the fucking stanley cup finals if they got vasilevsky in that because that guy was just so good these playoffs and is you're they were just one shot away but i mean that darcy kemper he made the saves he was supposed to did some of them get a little dicey was he squeezing his arm a little tighter on some shots yes but hey, no putt crossed the goal line, and that's all that matters when the clock hits zero. So, Colorado, they win their first cup since 01. Man, as a Canucks fan, I only wish for won a cup since blank. <laughs> <laughs> or won a cup. Yeah. You know. It's like, man, I was like, I was just laughing, but I was laughing. It was just pure frustration. It was like their first cup in 22 years. I'm like, they have more than one, though. <laughs> they have more than zero we have none <laughs> i was like i was laughing in spain with a silent s but no um i also want to talk about the lekening goal because i think this guy was the um acquisition of the deadline um with like everything encompassing even josh manson he was as good as he is but lekening he's He's like a lower tier Anthony Sorelli, great two-way forward who can play up and down the lineup and really good on the PK. And he just scored I'd probably the two biggest goals, maybe two of the three biggest goals this offseason or this postseason for Colorado, the goal that sends them to the Stanley Cup final and the game-winning goal in game six. Like, what do you got to say about this Lekkanen player and like how much of an impact he made for Colorado? I remember kind of, uh, sorry, Ian, I'm going to... No, you go ahead. I want... It's quick. I remember, you know, us kind of going over it, Jeff, like going over the acquisitions of uh, the trade deadline and who, you know, came from where to what team. I feel like we didn't give uh, enough flowers to certain players, and here's one of them. Yeah. You know, here here's one of them that means so much like are meant so much to Colorado in this playoff run and didn't get talked about near enough as he probably should have. Yeah. hundred percent. Ian, now I, you can go. I was yeah. going to say, I didn't realize that like Arturi Lekkanen was like the most clutch player in the league. I didn't know about. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it's his second straight year that he sent his team to the Stanley cup final, which is insane. Yeah. You know, we joke about ice in our veins, that dude, literally like he is, you know, Proved it. He's got ice in his veins. He just knows like when to score a clutch goal. And I think I could probably search this up, but I'm pretty sure like he's an RFA with like arbitration rights this offseason for Colorado. So like Colorado still will probably retain him and re-sign him. Which and is it's just crazy. Like, which is just like like of course Colorado, like this is the thing with the Avalanche. It's like, of course they would do that. Of course they would trade for Lekin and it's like, not only will he be with us this year, but he's also an RFA. So we're going to have his rights <laughs> for a few years. Like, no wonder that makes total sense. Like, yeah. that's why Colorado is as smart and as good as they are. Well, like 
Lekkonen, this is how like much of an impact player he is because obviously, yes, he wasn't getting talked about as much. Montreal really wanted to keep him, but realized that they weren't going to go anywhere keeping him. And Colorado, like Joe Sackick, the absolute hog on this guy. He was trying. He was trying so hard for like months and months and months ahead of the trade deadline, hounding Montreal. We want. I want Lekkonen off your team. Give me Lekkonen. And they he gave up like a first round pick, another round, another mid round pick, and a prospect for what was like a top six forward even on Montreal. And everyone was like, "Wow, that's like a price to pay." But like as soon as that happened, I'm like. This is ex- the exact player that Colorado needs. They don't need any more skill on their team. As skilled as this guy is, because he's obviously put away two of the biggest goals this offseason, but well, this postseason, sorry, I keep saying offseason. But he is a top six forward who can play anywhere you need him. And he can play on the PK. And he's really good five on five. Like that is the exact player a championship team needs. Right. And Nathan McKinnon even said after the Edmonton series, I believe it was after the Edmonton series, Nathan McKinnon was like, I would have given 10 first round picks for him. Like that Nathan McKinnon, top five player in the world is saying this about Arturi Lekkinen. Like now this is not, now this is why McKinnon isn't a GM yet. Like we're, we're yeah. you know, still a player, <laughs> but I haven't given him that title yet. But like he just made such a huge impact on such a, like, one of the best teams like we've ever seen. So it's just like crazy how much of an impact this guy made. But um, on that same play, Josh Manson got a stick tangled up with uh, Belmar. I don't know if you guys saw that in the Colorado zone kind of looked like Belmar chicken oh, wing, yeah. chicken wing did a little bit, pinched it against him and then kind of fell over. Did you guys think that was anything? Did Manson get away with the penalty there? Yes. Yes, he did actually, and that no was, bias, uh, no bias, because he no. had a six pack on them. No, no, no bias yeah. at all. It's like that specific play made it a three on what was it was a three on one, right? Three on two it was, on one, yeah. odd man rush anyway. Well, wasn't yeah. it a pass three on one? Right? Yeah, three on one. Yeah, pass from the wing to the center to the wing. Is yeah, that yeah, two, and it was a goal. Two on one with a late trailer. So like is yeah. There so, you go. It turned into a three-on-one, yeah. But. So, like, but it all started with, you know, a hook. It started with a hook, yeah. and you can see it clear as day, obviously, in the replay. But, like, <coughs> excuse me, I feel like that one was a, was a – that one was a pretty big miss. Yeah. Pretty big miss because who knows um, – oh, fuck, who was the player that got, that got hooked, Jeff? Belmar. Who knows if Belmar actually could have, you know – maybe made a difference in that goal yeah or that would be cool so i think i think that one was a was a missed call but it wasn't like it was super super uh bad or miss miss called but yeah ian i mean i thought it was a penalty but i also thought what pat marine did was worse after the goal (laughs) but then again you don't but then again, you don't have what Pat Marine did if you call the original play. So, like, yeah, no, it's a good point. Enough. Speaking of like what happened after the play, did you guys see where Stamkos like slapped the puck and yeah. it hit the fucking ref? And he's like, yeah. "Oh, sorry, I did not mean to do that." I was like, "Jesus Christ, that should yeah. have been 
That could have been. Stamkos did go up to him and apologize after I saw it. But I think that was just like in the moment, pure frustration. But with the Manson thing, I I think that was a penalty as well. But I also kind of saw Belmar kind of initiate contact with Manson there with the stick. I kind of saw him grab it a little bit and chicken pinch his arm to the stick a little bit. Like I didn't see Belmar try to get out of it. But I also didn't necessarily see Manson avoid it. But I would I would have called it a penalty. But looking back at it, I also saw like Belmar was kind of trying to like get something there. Like I think he kind of also looked for it as well. So I don't know if that's what the ref saw, maybe. But I don't know. I I wouldn't have been surprised if Manson got a penalty there for either like interference or hooking, but also. Belmar, to me, personal opinion, kind of looked like he chicken-winged it a little bit. But nonetheless, Lekkonen scored a huge goal on a dialed-in Vasilevsky, and they shut it down for the rest of the game, and we're ultimately lifting the cup. Now, I want to I wanna talk about Kale McCarr. Because Kale McCarr, like your boy predicted, which I don't think – I'm not the only one who did predict this, but I mean, Kale I kind McC- of predicted yeah. it as well. Yeah, you, you did as well. Yeah, and I will be honest, you did as well. Uh, Camel Car was a con Smythe. Uh, Ian, obviously, me and Hayden kind of Hayden even had McCarr winning it if, if they lost, um, which I told him to change his choice because that's not going to happen again <laughs> with Vasilevsky on Tampa. But, um, what were your thoughts on McCarr winning the con Smythe? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> not that, but yeah, no, I mean, like, I, I thought that was that was fair. I mean, he had the most points of any defenseman. Um, twenty nine and twenty is that good? It's better than me. Um, <laughs> it's not my like, uh, beer league stats. <laughs> I didn't even score that in like two years of pew, man. Like that's that's how awful I was. Um, I mean. To be honest, I don't know if there was a guy. You could have given it to a bunch of guys, but I also feel like at the same point, there wasn't really like obvious choice. Like if that made sense, like there wasn't yeah. one real clear cut. Like I'm not opposed to McCarr getting it. I think I tried to float this around, but nobody was fighting on it. I also was thinking, what if McDavid got some Con Smythe love because of what he did in the first three rounds? I know he didn't even get to the cup, never mind win it. But I think McDavid maybe deserved a little bit of love too. Um, I don't know how, many, how much reaction. I don't know how much reaction that's going to put. I, I, never, I never really yeah. thought about a person not even making it to the final winning the Con Smythe. I never thought about this is, that. This is for the playoffs. This is for the playoffs. This isn't just because you, this isn't just for the finals. This is for the whole playoffs. And McDavid literally willed that team. I mean, McDavid and I guess Evander Kane, you could also make dry sidle. A hobble dry sidle. A hobble dry sidle. Listen, do I think McCarr deserved it? Sure. Was there anybody else I would have given it to? Probably not. Maybe Bassey if Tampa won. One person that I kind of thought of, mainly just for like the last series. But one person who played pretty good uh, everywhere that he went, and I, I'm pretty sure he finished with a good plus-minus ratio, was the captain himself, the man of the uh, the Avs. I thought Landeskog had a great series yeah. against Tampa. Like, Landis- if it wasn't Makar, yeah. Landeskog. 
Yeah, Landeskog was definitely a very consistent player this playoffs. Yeah. Like, I think McKinnon had a shit finals. Like, he had a decent playoffs overall, but I think he kind of got limited. 100%. Um, uh, a lot these finals, except for game six. But I think Landeskog, he was a guy who played with the injured guys. He was like the solid piece holding any sort of line together, and he kind of did everything. So I kind of like that, the Landeskog love as well. I could have definitely seen him taking it, but I thought it was a no doubt nail in the coffin. Kale McCarr was winning it. Oh, yeah. Regardless. Um, obviously, except Tampa one, because I think Vasilevsky played just as good, if not better than McCarr these playoffs. So, uh, Kale McCarr, since 2019. Have you guys seen this? He's 23 years old. He's won the Hobie Baker in 2019, which is College Player of the Year. 2020, he won the Calder, Rookie of the Year. 2021, he was a Norse nominee and uh, first-team All-Star. And then 2022, first-team All-Star, Norris winner, Stanley Cup champion, and Conn Smythe winner. Yeah, this guy has potential to be like... And he's 23 years old. The next Bobby Orr or some <laughs> shit like this. This kid's insane. It's crazy to think that he's the same age of us or same age as us, you know? And it's like, maybe I don't see the difference, but I mean, Jeff, like you're a pretty good hockey player. <laughs> but like, you know, the Kale McCarr is like, is, is absolutely insane. The way he skates, it, when I heard uh, Ryan Whitney talk about it on part of my take, but it's like, he skates like McDavid but he plays defense yeah. and it's like, it's, it's pretty spot on. <laughs> yeah. Like I think he has developed himself into the second, maybe even the best player in the league. Like, is that, I, I don't think that's necessarily a hot take with what he can do at both ends of the ice, like putting up 86 points and having a plus minus of plus 48. Like I don't, I know plus minus is a pretty like, you don't really take that into full account when judging a player, but like plus 48, isn't really a fluke. No, it surely means he's going, he, and you know, he's going up against like top tier lines because yeah. it's like, he's a top tier player. Yeah. Ian, what, like, what do you think about the hardware this kid's taken home at just the age of 23? I mean, that's pretty, pretty good. Like trophy wise. <laughs> like I, I, don't think it gets a whole uh, whole lot better than that. I mean, I, outside of winning a heart trophy, which, you know, I'm sure he's probably going to do at some. Well, I I'm think sure he'll. He I think he'll win a heart at some point. I don't know if it's with Colorado necessarily, depending on what the future of that franchise looks like. But point is, the dude is. You know who the dude reminds me of? To take this to a football, another football conversation, he reminds me of Patrick Mahomes, of just like this young talented you know head and shoulders above any other defenseman in the league yeah better than better like like you say jevin probably a two or top two or three and maybe not even two or three player in this league i mean mcdavid is on his own tier but like it's just it's 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 incredible the fact that at that age he can have pretty much like 
an easy transition as you're going to get for a 20, like 20 year old, essentially. Yeah. Like he just stepped in and immediately performed for the avalanche. It was no big deal. And the kid's a rock star. The kid yeah. is the kid is the, you know, arguably one of the most marketable people in the NHL right now. The one of the biggest stars and everything looks easy for him. Yeah. Everything looks easy for him. Like, I don't know if he's been challenged yet. No, it's insane. Like the day after he won the Hobie Baker, he came into Colorado Avalanche, signed his ELC and scored in his first playoff game. First game, like like 30 hours after winning the Hobie Baker, he's scoring in the NHL playoffs for Colorado. Like this, and then the next year, all, he wins the Calder. Like this, okay. is just okay. a Disney, this is just a <laughs> Disney movie. This yeah. is just a Disney movie is what this is. It's just like people are writing this stuff up as they go. And yeah. that's just how talented he is. Yeah. yeah, it's a sick joke. He's like, I think he's the first defenseman to win the Norris Stanley Cup and Conn Smythe in the first year. In one year. That's that's like that's like almost the uh, <coughs> fuck. What do they call it? the Grand Slam? Yeah, or like golf. You know, like being the best player at your position, winning the the coup de la gras and then also just just kind of packing it up and taking home like the best playoff player yeah it's he is he's insane i want to double check that stat he's either um the first player to win the hobie calder norris con smith and stanley cup um or the first defenseman to win the norris cup and con smith he might be the third defenseman to do that yeah, or, surely you could probably. Yeah, it's it's one of the it's one of the two, but um, I think the other two are like Bobby Orr and Nick Lidstrom, but uh, I can't necessarily confirm that. But did you guys hear the Codger quote? It's post game interview. Oh yeah, yeah, I did. You guys think I was a liability in the playoffs? You can kiss my ass. <laughs> was that a was that a shot to your boy? Your uh your doppelganger. Mr. Ian? I don't know. I don't know if there's necessarily a shot to him. I think that's more for people like people online or whatever. More yeah. the social media hate. But like I mean, he, there's two things with this. One, I can't wait till I ever, you know, I can't wait till I get into a position that I can say something like that. Yeah. Um <laughs> that because that's pretty badass. But two. He also has kind of been a bit of a liability. Yeah, playoffs, I mean, he's like, gotten suspended he, three years in a row prior to this one. So. <laughs> yeah, so like, he's not he, that that quote is not entirely true, I think, but I guess it's also subjective. Um, listen, it's not it's Nazem Kadri's world, and we're just living in it, man. Yeah, like he like he's on top of the world. He had the best postseason of his career. Yeah. And he got to win the Stanley Cup, and now he's going to get paid this offseason. Yeah, and he won. Yeah. He won a very important game four with a broken thumb. So, I think that trumps everything. <laughs> 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 Sorry, hey, I interrupted you there. No, no, honestly, it's it's so funny when we both try and like speak, and it's like, who's going to back down? Yeah, <laughs> but I was gonna say yeah, mostly because this is the most successful playoffs because he actually played. So yeah, like, kind of like with Joe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't get suspended. He just got injured. Which is yeah, yeah, exactly. At least he got yeah. to come back for the playoffs. So. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, he had the fucking karma police on Twitter 
Of course. When he got hurt. That's karma. Ah! Like, shut what up. What a joke. Shut up. They're, they're going to be the ones kissing his ass. I hope, he, I hope he gets that lined up like when he goes back to London in the offseason. I hope he like has like an ass kissing like ceremony or something where he's at a rec center. He's like, all right, he finds the people online like you, you, you all You're- have to be at the London rec center at like 115 yeah. and kiss my ass. It's going to be like the kissing booth, but it's just his, it's just his ass. Yeah, it's just his yeah. ass. Yeah. 25 cents in the jar. No signatures here. You can kiss my fucking ass. Yeah. Also, first Muslim to win the Stanley Cup. So shouts out to him. Motivating motivating the youngins to tell them that they can win a cup as well. So that's really cool. But you got any uh, more stuff on the Stanley Cup final? I I just want to next year. I just want to say uh Shadow Bowen Byram. Like I know he is like 21 and I mean, he's younger than my brother, but like, I love the Bowen Byram story about how yeah. he was, uh, you know, with the Vancouver Giants, you know, things were kind of up and down with him for a long time. And he got one overtime goal away from getting to the Mem Cup with Vancouver and Colorado, you know, picked him. They're basically just like, yeah, you could be the next Kale McCarr. Yeah. And it's like, okay, okay, cool. And he played like over 25 minutes in the, in game six. For the Avalanche, Bowen, like Bowen, I know we love to talk about Cal McCarr and how sick he is. Bowen Byram, that dude is a guy that every team would want to have on yeah. their decor. He's a coach's dream. He's he he's yeah. physical and can operate very well on both ends of the ice. So, and it's just like it's really cool to see him win the cup too because I'm pretty sure he was like really close to retirement. Because he was having concussion problems and he couldn't leave his room. He couldn't do anything because he was having such bad concussions. And he said in a quote, he's like, I don't want to keep playing if I'm going to keep feeling like this. So he was like really close to just like hanging him up and being at such a young age going through that so early on. Like obviously going through it at any age sucks, but as a 21 year old, just getting into living your dream and being close having the words come out of your mouth saying like, I don't want to play. if I'm going to keep feeling like this. That's like, that must've been so hard to say. And now he's just like a Stanley cup champion playing a vital role on the team. Right. It's not like he was just a guy playing every third game, a black ace type of thing. Like he was a top four defenseman playing, like you said, like 20 minutes a night. Like he was an important piece. Right. So is it, like you said, just a really cool story on uh, Bone Byram's part. And he's, he, uh, he's on the Tinted Visor gang. So that's a that's a subtle flex to everyone out there. I mean, that's probably for his concussion, so probably doesn't want it, but <laughs> <laughs> it's but not I mean, it's not because it's not because of his actual skill level. It's just like, yeah, I kind of need tinted visor for health yeah. purposes. Because like it's literally too bright or else my head hurts kind of thing but uh anything else boys because the hockey hall of fame class of 2022 came out yesterday and daniel sedin henrik sedin strombone one bobby lou roberto luongo daniel alfredson female finnish star rika salinen 
forgive my pronunciation if that's wrong. And Herb Carnegie as a builder for the league, he unfortunately passed away about nine or 10 years ago. But what are your guys' thoughts on the Hall of Fame class? Big day, big, uh, big year for Canucks fans. Yeah. Uh, Red Wings legend, Daniel Alfredson. No, I um, I was kind of hoping that they would uh, induct Henrik Zetterberg. I thought he was deserving, yep. but I mean, you know, they just they'll 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 induct Zetterberg and Datsuk together when they you know when the time comes. That's how that works. Um, yeah, no, if you're a Canucks fan, you're thrilled because like those three guys deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, and they all did more or less deserve to be first ballot Hall of Famers. So I got no issue with it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really happy with it. I was kind of surprised that they were first ballot. I'm not going to lie, just because maybe not so much like the Sedin twins, because it's basically a package deal. You got they do everything together. Right. So you got if you're going to put one in in a year, you have to put both. Right. Kind of thing. But Roberto Luongo, are you surprised since he has no cups and not even like a Vesna? Like, do you are you surprised his first ballot, despite him being top 10 safe percentage career-wise and top five wins? Are you surprised his first ballot with no Vesna and no Stanley Cup? Because I, I kind of was, to be honest. I was kind of surprised he was first ballot. Like I wasn't, I wouldn't have been surprised if he got in, but first ballot, I was like, oh. Okay, I'm happy, but a little bit, okay. a little bit, but also like people like Luongo. Yeah. So I think this is as much of it is about him, like, and his career achievements as it is like, yeah, he's just a really nice guy. And people like Roberto Luongo. Yeah. And like, he, you know, he, he, um, he, he's popular like within the Hockey Canada ranks that he's working for Hockey Canada I can't I don't know the exact position but I think he's the GM of the world champion the men's team yeah. somebody can correct me on that no um, you know he, he's got he got experience with the Panthers he's well liked in Florida I mean I think people just like him so that's also I think why he's a first ballot is because he's a you know a charismatic personable individual yeah and has a fire Twitter account so there you go and that helps <laughs> That helps. Uh, yeah. You know, typically uh, when they look at uh, players and they're like, does this guy have a fire Twitter account? It's like, uh, Alexander McGillney. Yeah, I don't know. His, but last, Luongo. his last tweet was 2018. No. Yeah, no. And like, hasn't retweeted anything since 2020. No. So we'll give <laughs> Luongo the nod here out of respect. Yeah. Hayden, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I didn't know that it was first ballot. I just heard that they all got inducted into uh, the Hall of Fame. And yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Obviously, big day for uh, Vancouver fans everywhere. And now people are going to be sharing stories again about, you know, Henrik and Daniel and obviously Louie. Yeah. And uh, one of the stories today, actually, I heard at work, it was on like the radio. It was on Fox 99.3. And it was like, um a bunch of the sea fox people went out for dinner and like kind of with some canuck players and it was kind of when uh luongo signed like that 60 million dollar contract yeah and you know obviously everyone kind of thinking like okay luongo just got paid he has money he's gonna pay he kind of just did like an irish goodbye and like left (laughs) (laughs) 
and didn't pay for anything. <laughs> like in, it was in Vegas too, and it's just like, like, okay. what? <laughs> yeah, like, could you imagine getting stuck with a bill to a millionaire? Like, fuck. All right, sounds good. <laughs> Guess I'll go die then. Yeah, you know? seriously. Like, <laughs> yeah. Look at, the, look, look at the bill. It's like fifteen hundred dollars. It's like fuck. Yeah. <laughs> And who knows how, how much money they're making a month? And it's like, well, here goes half my month's payment. I, I, you know? I love to I love to see like the rookie who's just like, yeah, no, he's gonna come back, right? Like, or the young guy, he's just like, yeah, surely he's coming <laughs> back. He's like in the washer or something. It's like, no, dude, he dipped. He yeah. is not coming back. All right, well, we're that, paying this. That was like that clip with uh, was it Cedric Wilson? With the two Garrett men? Wilson. Garrett Wilson. Uh, is Cedric Wilson the Dallas Cowboys receiver? I think yeah. so. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Garrett is. Wilson, the he's with the Jets, right? The New York Jets rookie. Yeah. yeah. And he was talking about, yeah, I'm looking forward <laughs> to the rookie dinner. It's gonna be dope. And then the two vets are like, uh, no, it's not gonna be dope. And he's like, why? He's like, they're gonna fucking run up that bill. He's like, what? <laughs> he's like, yeah, you're gonna have to pay for it. He's like, no. Like how much? And then and then the two vets are like like probably seventy five k. And he's like, what? It's like Ryan Ryan Clark and such. You're just uh, like this dude thought he didn't have to pay the rookie dinner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's one of the best clips of all time because he was like excited for the rookie dinner, but they didn't. He didn't know he had to pay for it. Dude, like, here like at least all the like, rookies. How do you not know. Yeah. How do you not know after being alive for twenty some odd years that? Yeah. You've never heard of the rookie dinner? Like, come on. Yeah. No, it was it was a funny video, but nonetheless, I'm excited for this uh Hall of Fame class seeing the City and Twins and Roberto Luongo and Danny Alfredson, especially everyone in this class. It was uh it was a really cool thing to see him get in. Uh Ian or boys, general quick thoughts before we wrap up. Uh Paul Maurice gets hired by Florida Panthers. I don't know if we talked about it. Um what are your thoughts on that? Do you think it was a good hire? Do you think they maybe should have kept Brunette or should have maybe gone a different direction? Real ambitious Paul Maurice. Talk about too many men in sports. Um, <laughs> I, why, 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 when he, why didn't you just go with the guy that, you know, got you the president's trophy? Yeah. I don't really understand that either. Um, although I do, I can't remember who said it, but somebody was just like, yeah, no, Paul Maurice realized he it wasn't coaching that was bothering him. It was the Winnipeg Jets that was bothering him. I like <laughs> that. That's relatable. Um, I think it actually was, though. Like, No, I think it's actually like I think it's actually legitimately why he left Winnipeg. Yeah, well, Paul Maurice said it was like they aren't really like listening to what I'm saying anymore. Like that's basically he said they just needed a new voice in the room. So he just parted ways because so, he just felt it was better for the team that he left. That's so yeah, coaching wasn't the problem. It was just his position with Winnipeg was the problem. Yeah, and so then it's like, I don't know why if you're Florida, like, what's Paul Maurice going to do differently that, that that Andrew Burnett would? Yeah. Is it because that Paul Maurice is a recognizable name that you can, you know, look to as like, hey, you know, this is a pretty safe hire because he's got a lot of, you know, he's got a track record in the NHL compared to the unknown which that's kind of how I feel GMs think where they're just like, yeah, I'd rather take a risk with a guy I know than the guy I don't. Yeah. So that way I can save face, you know, in case I get fired. If Florida doesn't get swept, is Brunette still the coach? 
I think it's I, almost like if they beat Tampa, then he's obviously still the coach. Yeah. Yeah. If clearly. they take it to game seven, probably still the coach. If they take it to at least game five or six, that's kind of where you start to get iffy. Well, in my opinion. Yeah. I think getting swept was a big reason why they didn't go back to him. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, I even said, like, I still think Florida's postseason was more disappointing than Toronto's, even though Florida went to the second round. Because just because of who Florida was going into the postseason, President's Trophy champions being the quote-unquote best team in the league by point standards, you can't get swept by any team, regardless of who they are. And their status. So I think getting swept was probably played a big factor in like this coach isn't experienced enough in our windows now. They also didn't play, if I correct me if I'm wrong, they didn't play that great against Washington. Like it wasn't a oh, dominant. No. They squeezed by Washington. They like they yeah, lost they a couple games. Game they gave right? up a few six spots against Washington. Yeah. So I mean I would have been more of along the lines of like you keep Brunette, but you hire some really good assistants. Like you hire like mm-hmm. if Ro- well, if Rick Bo- if Rick Bonus was an assistant for Florida with Brunette as a head coach, I think that makes sense. If Bro- if Bonus wanted to be an assistant coach and yeah. um like somebody like that where it's like you have a veteran assistant who can help out and who can help write the ship per se instead of just dropping Brunette entirely because now you've you've essentially dropped him because you he's not gonna want to return. Yeah. to the team after being nominated for a Jack Adams yeah. and then not getting a full-time job. Because I think Florida's given him permission to explore options, I'm pretty sure. So he's... Which, yeah, I mean, you can't you can't go back to Florida after that, yeah. no? No, I wouldn't want to either. Would As a Detroit fan, would you like seeing Brunette behind the bench? <sighs> young coach for a young, overcoming team? Let... That could be the start of a dynasty, Ian. Kind of like your Sean McVay take. <laughs> kind of i hadn't thought of it like that i don't think that's who i would go with but um because i think andrew burnett it just worked in florida like i don't know what what in florida he had is transferable to detroit well how long florida, was he so. in florida i think he was, the, he was the assistant wasn't he the assistant under quenville and then took over yeah. 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 Okay, so he kind of has the experience of being the right-hand man. So what that puts in my eyes is give him a young team where, you know, everyone can kind of rally behind him and maybe look up towards him like Detroit. And then it's like, we will run through a wall for this man. We will do anything and make a couple – hit on a couple good draft picks. And, you know, Detroit's looking at, you know, playoffs and – three or three years or less maybe yeah i agree i think brunette could be a good fit in detroit but i understand maybe it going because i still think he deserves another shot but i don't know if i would want to go back to florida if i was him no he's probably going to get another assistant job somewhere and then in like three years he'll get another head coaching opportunity probably in ottawa yeah canuck should bring him bring him in as an assistant because they're looking at fucking mikey yo as a Assistant oh, coach, and like I don't know why we're giving him any more chances, but you know what? You know where Brunette could go is Chicago. That makes sense. Yeah, new head coach, new head coach Luke Rickard- Richardson. Yeah, could be a move. Yeah, hundred percent. But uh, boys, we'll wrap it up there. That's uh-huh. episode. What? 
Oh, uh, BC Lions? Well, not even that. But, yeah, okay, let's give a little, little hype, a little love to BC. Um, obviously, we know that BC is fucking killing it right now. Ian, I hope you remember every word I said about the Lions and who to rally rally behind because – I, I fuck man. I wanted to go out to both games. I, I almost had plans to go out to both games. And this team, this team, man, you rally behind this team. Like great cup potential just because of how good their offense is. And uh their defense ain't no joke either. 18 points allowed in eight quarters, outscoring every other uh, opponents 103 to 18. Plus 85 point differential. I don't know how much more I can go on. Um, I know neither of you really kind of like look towards it, but another little segment, since there's going to be no episode on Friday to kind of say this, I want to give a a huge birthday wish to uh, the man himself, the creator of Left Side Heavy, Jevin LaFave. Happy, happy early birthday, but in time comes. Happy birthday. Thank you, my brother. Thank you, boys. I appreciate it. Is that what you said? Ah, uh, too. Yeah, that that's okay. what I was saying. Ah, uh, too. It was to both of them actually. So yeah, you okay. called you called half of it. All right, I I appreciate it. Thank you, Jordan. Year, like we've gone over. Like we've gone over. Yeah, Jordan. Year. So I, I'm trying to like maybe get a cigar and then like replicate the Jordan photo, like hugging the trophy of the cigar your, i was gonna say what, like what's your six pack or something or a bottle of fucking uh like a two six of morgan or something yeah exactly yeah <laughs> some, some, some pink wet yeah that could be a move too <laughs> gotta make it happen but uh Ian, one quick thing what about uh your thoughts on the brawl mariners versus angels good not the Fuck seeds <laughs> um the the angels are now on the so in case you don't know i'm a big manners fan uh now that the hockey season's over basically i just tweet about the manners and rugby because i have nothing else going on in my life <laughs> and um the um to the manners had a whole thing with the angels they brawled uh jesse winker got seven games deservedly so he double birded the crowd in anaheim <laughs> that, that, that's that's probably fair that's legendary um, though JP Crawford got suspended for five games for throwing punches at Anthony Rendon, who is on the injured list all season. So like, he's actually not eligible to play. So like JP Crawford throwing five, you know, five games for throwing punches. Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Julio Rodriguez got two games for, I don't know what they said for his actions, And he's like, I didn't do any, I literally didn't throw a punch. I was trying to help guys. Um, so, I mean, you know, the Manners are like the most entertaining team below 500. So if you want to join the bandwagon <laughs> with me, uh, it's, it's, it's probably uh, not as rewarding as the BC Lions fan, uh, you know, bandwagon is with Hayden. But if you want to, uh, you know, watch my team. Because here's the thing. The other funny thing is that in the game that we brawled, uh, the Manners lost on Sunday 2-1. Uh, and then we came back home on Monday and then lost 9-2 to Baltimore. And Baltimore stinks. <laughs> like... Uh, like uh, Baltimore's bad, so that's 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 the your regular schedule. Man- Manners programming is uh, losing nine two to Baltimore at home, uh, coming home after a suspension or uh, after a brawl with some suspensions. But uh, you know, um, it's kind of like being a it, it, it's kind of like being a Canucks fan with less success. <laughs> gotcha. That's a, gotcha. that's what Manners baseball is like. 
should we uh do it like treat it like uh sports radio like tsn overdrive and just have a segment for Ian McNaughton every week to talk about the status of the Mariners. <laughs> He's not even going to be the guest on like a, an episode, but it's just like, like we got Ian. Going. Yeah, we got Ian calling in our uh, Mariners <laughs> insider, Mariners analysis. If yeah, I actually did, <laughs> if I actually did a radio show, or if somebody had the op- like, if somebody with a radio show would allow me for like five or ten minutes a week to talk about the Mariners, I would just go off. Yeah, like I would just like. <laughs> That would be my therapy. Yeah, I was about to say therapy session. Because this is like the manners are like the most the most addictive, arguably toxic relationship I have. But God damn it, I just keep going back. Yeah. What's I better help when this? you got a possible radio station with Ian McNaughton? You know? Uh what what whatever like Spotify radio, but it's just Ian McNaughton ranting for like 24 hours. Like I just have continuous <laughs> rant for a 24 hour period. It's a hot mic on like day to day life. It's always on. You're like watching the game as you're on the radio, and it's like and strike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 that reminds it, it, me of like the Family Guy episode where it's like what it's like to be like a Mets fan or whatever. And it's like yeah, and they no. throw the first pitch, and the season's over. <laughs> <laughs> and and like literally. That's a perfect replica- replication of being a Manners fan, except for the fact that even the Mets have made the playoffs um, since I can remember. I can remember yeah. the Mets. Making the I can't remember the Manners ever making the playoffs. The last time they did was 2001, and I can't remember anything in 2001. Yeah. So, well, uh, good friend of the show, Alex Day from Overtime, uh, he uploaded a video and he was interviewing a Mets fan. And he was like, what's the best thing about being a Mets fan? And he, the Mets fan was like, it builds your character because you expect so much, but then you just get absolutely miserable as the season goes on. And like everything plummets. Um, but yeah, so that's what I'd say is the best thing is that it just makes you, it builds your character. And he's like, and what's the worst thing? He's like, March through October. <laughs> yeah. I... The so the whole manner- season is the bad thing, and the best thing is the entire season as well. The the uh. the last the last manners game I went to, I was telling the person I went with, like as we're walking into the gate, like as we're literally walking into the stadium, they're they were playing Houston or whatever, and it's just like I can't believe I pay real money to watch this goddamn team. Yeah. I am so gullible. This team has never won anything in my life, and like they, you know, just last year was like the one time they've had a winning record since 2001, 20 years with, between like winning records. And it's like, as I'm walking in, as the security is scanning my ticket, it's just like, I can't believe I'm paying real money to watch this goddamn team. I'm a, such a gullible whatever. And it's just like, that's, that's my life. That's who I am. That's, yeah, but remember, Ian, you can go watch a Mariners game and then fill up your car's tank full of fuel and still be fine. Because you mostly spent money on gas, so. <laughs> I oh yeah no you spend way more money getting to Seattle to watch <laughs> yeah, the exactly. game than you do to act like between tickets and beers yeah yeah well <laughs> Ian where can the people find your amazing tweets about your beloved Seattle Mariners? Um I don't know if they're amazing. Um <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter uh, at Ian McNaughty. Um, you can follow uh, Speak Your Peace, which is where I should be doing more of my manner 
much content. Uh, I'm, I'm getting back into that swing now. Uh, you can follow uh, Speak Your Piece at SYP Pod on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram at Ian.McNaughty. Um, if you don't want to listen, like, you can at least, you know, follow me and then just mute me if you don't want to see management tweets. That's like the least you could do. That's like, yeah. that, that's like the bare minimum. But if you actually want to see me uh, rage about the manners, you can follow me and take a look. It's great. But Ian is a great follow. I, I get a good laugh out of some of his Mariners tweets. But Hayden, where can the people follow you? <laughs> On Instagram and Twitter at Hayden underscore Barton. And Ian, I'm just waiting for your next like Bieber tweet to pop off. Like, that's just gonna take off. <laughs> hey, people are gonna, yeah, people are gonna like it, and it's gonna have nothing to do with most of what your page actually is. And then no one's gonna like like anything, and it's like, yeah. well, this is just shit. Like, yeah. it's actually funny. Like, come on, people, like your stuff. Yeah, that that was actually funny because like I posted on like a Wednesday, and like my friend with the Tri City Americans who works like she liked it. It's like, ah, good, Mary, Mary, she's cool. And then like <laughs> the next day, it's like two hundred people liked. It's like, fuck me. All right, well, I guess <laughs> I'm pretty popular. I guess that's what my demo is: is Haley B- Haley Bieber stands. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. But uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Jevin.Lefave on Twitter at Jevin Lefave. Find everything for the show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at left side heavy underscore. Head to the YouTube left side heavy if you want to watch the episodes instead of listen. I'm a couple episodes behind on uploading. I'm just getting the KBR up tonight that we recorded two <laughs> weeks ago. But and I honestly have no excuse besides pure laziness. So forgive me. Relatable. Yeah, so forgive me. Uh, I'm going to get episode 106 up ASAP Rocky, and then this one will be up within the week as well. So I'm not given any deadline on when this video version is going to be up. But regardless, head to the YouTube to watch any of the episodes. It's all a great time. And anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, etc., leave a rating and review. It really helps grow the show. Ian, let's get a round of golf in soon. Me, you, Scotty Too Hotty, Jimmy Fallon, Scott Conkin, and Hayden. Let's get a round of golf. I was waiting for you to make a joke and say, like, Brandon or something. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I was going to say, you know, since it's Jevin's birthday, um, you know, July 2nd, uh, be sure to e-transfer Jevin. Uh, just, you know, anybody. Just e-transfer Jevin. You know, that's a birthday gift. It's just e-transfer him a whole bunch of money. Email and phone number will be in the comment section. Yeah, we'll put that in the link. We'll put that link in the description where you can uh, e-transfer yeah. Jevin some money. We've set up a GoFundMe for Jevin. Yeah, exactly. A, a go, a, 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 you know, GoFundMe, except like, you know, for no reason other than it's his birthday. Like, there's no actual purpose for this GoFundMe except to just raise money for his birthday. Yeah, exactly. I appreciate it, boys. I appreciate it. I need, I need it more than anything right now. but that's episode 107 and we will see you next week with probably a little cool segments because sports might be down bad but free agency is coming up the (laughs) nhl off season is coming up and some good content is coming up as well so thank you for listening thank you for watching maybe we'll see you guys next time peace